I'm a reasonable guy, but I've just experienced some very unreasonable things. Those are all fine and good, you know, and some of them are, some of them are really good and some of them aren't, but it's nothing like rainwater from the top end. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 So welcome to very unreasonable things. I'm Billy bone. And with me is Josh Lindsay. Howdy. Howdy. Yes. And we, this week we're talking. No, about I was just saying we were just. Um, Doing like a five minute moment of silence because Bone had just read Pele had died. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I, I think me and you might have both been in the mindset that we thought he had already passed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't. I thought he died like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and we're not, and we're not laughing because Pele passed. We're laughing because so how out of touch we are with things. I thought he had passed like a year ago. Well, I think it's safe to say that we're not really on our up and up when it comes to soccer. No, not at all. Yeah, this week, this episode, Wolf Creek, the second part of our hillbilly outdoorsman, uh, native, whatever you want to call it, block of episodes. And this is. We, uh, could, we could call it wrong as fuck block of episodes (laughs) this is not a hillbilly revenge film deliverance wasn't a hillbilly revenge film yeah we've uh so far we've went into a a couple of these movies are not what we thought they were and and wolf creek was my pick and i had an idea of what it was i i I remember when it came out and i didn't watch it then i'd never seen this movie it was just in a blind spot i'd been meaning to watch it i picked it up a while back and so when you had mentioned doing this block of episodes, I was like, well, here's a chance to watch Wolf Creek. And I, like I said, I had an idea of what the movie was, and this movie was not it, as far as what I thought it was. When when did you first see it? I saw it when it came out on um, DVD. At the time, I was uh, I was collecting DVDs, and in 2005. When you, when you say DVD, you mean DVD, not Blu-ray, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I bought this as a, a new rent, uh, new like brand new purchase. You know, um, I've, I mean it's two thousand five. I don't know where I'd heard good things about this movie from, but I'd heard I heard it was you know good, so I bought it and I, and I just watched it once. This is only the second time I've ever seen it. So, how did you feel when you first watched it? I enjoyed it. You what know. stood out to you about it? Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's John Jarrett's performance. Yeah. That's kind of where I've fallen at too. So Wolf Creek was a, it's a 2005 Australian horror film. And I think this is the first Australian movie we've covered, right? I mean, I know you and Daniel love to oh my God, do a lot of, uh, like 
special episodes like black and white. <laughs> then y'all do like a you know foreign film block. Have y'all <laughs> been outside of the continental United States like in y'all's reviews of Amadeus or so Sophia's Choice? Village of the Damned. That was the British? Yeah. So, yes. Did you have to have the subtitles on? Oh, yeah. You Yankee fuck. No, but, uh, you know, we talked about this. You mentioned subtitles, but you and I both watch movies with subtitles. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, When you live in a apartment, one bedroom apartment. Like we both do. Yeah. And your baby's asleep. You got to watch if, it with subtitles on. Or if you're just trying to be courteous for your neighbors who have loud ass barking dogs that always want to bark when you're trying to record. But yeah, but you don't want to be that, that dickhead that blares your movies real loud. Yeah. But you also don't want to have to rewind something five times to try to figure out what the fuck somebody said. So you're like, Oh, it's way easier taking notes for like a podcast with subtitles yeah. on. Yeah. I had to do that once in this movie. Uh, because as we'll get into, um, I love everything Australia. I love their accents. I love their culture. Uh, I don't know much about it. The few Australians I've met here, because you don't meet them in Mississippi. Go figure. That's weird. Uh, I mean, they've been like, you know, just a chip off the old block. But there was a couple of slang words they said in this that I had to rewind and be like, what's that? And I'm like, ah, Okay. Can you guess? No, I was just thinking about when we were talking about Australia. I'm trying to remember if I think it was me and you. Wasn't it me and you that watched like Seven Deadliest? Yeah, we'd get drunk and, and watch all, all of that shit. Yeah. And we watched, yeah, it was like the Seven Deadliest in Australia. And it used, and I don't know if we've talked about this before or not, but it'd pull up the map of Australia and wherever this animal was like native to it would make it glow red. And by the time you got to the end of like all seven animals, the entire continent was red, including the surrounding water. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's my exposure to Australia aside from like crocodile Dundee. Well, it, it's like the funny thing with lethal. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing with those countdowns was it's seven deadliest, right? Number seven would be one on most countries. Yeah. You know, outside of India and Africa and they, America. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can remember this. So the box jellyfish, saltwater crocodile, great white shark, redback spider. Uh, there was a, another spider. Then it was like the inland Taipan snake. And there may have been another snake. It, might have been it had great. to have been another snake. Had to have been. And I think, and that, then there's things that didn't even make the cut that are still just like, because I think they even got like lethal birds. <laughs> well, I watched, God, about three years ago. It might not have been three years ago. I watched like um, on YouTube, Steve Irwin, um, finding these snakes in the wild, like some of the most dangerous in Australia. And Steve Irwin, balls of steel. Nerves of steel, you know. Yeah. Uh, you literally saw him sweating when it got down to like number one, you know, like 
when Steve Irwin was sweating, you can only imagine like the cameraman is literally just like, I'm surprised the camera was steady. This is it YouTube? was me. Yeah. Yeah. You can find go. all those. Yeah. I'm going to go find this and watch it. I, I, I like watching stuff like that. I like watching like the deadliest animals in areas. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm a sucker for those. But it's convinced me that Australia is a death trap, and it, you could die in an airport because a spider could bite you while you're taking a shit. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and you know, I I need to ask like a, an Australian, like, is it really that bad? Because you know, I live in Sweden now, right? And people, when they find out I'm from Mississippi, I'm like, because there's nothing deadly here except depression. I was going to ask you what the most deadly animal was in Sweden. Depression. Honestly, depression. It got me pretty good. Uh, but I'll tell them about, yeah, man, we got, you know, we got shit that can hurt you. We got cotton mouse. We got fucking black widows. We got brown recluses. We got alligators. And, you know, and when they hear that, they're like, oh, my God, that's, that's, that's insane. And it's like, well, once you live there, it's, you know. You hardly see you hardly see them. And, you know, alligator, alligator sounds so much, just saying it is so much worse than what they are, you know? Yeah. And, but in Australia, like, everything can kill you. Apparently birds can. I didn't know I needed to be scared of birds, do you just say? I had to, I had to find that video I watched. It was it was on one of those shows on Hulu or something, and I swear there was a bird that had like this big beak or something like that that was violent. I can't remember what it was. Well hell. Kangaroos will punch the shit out of you. <laughs> they will beat the fuck out of you. I saw this one video of this uh uh God, this is an old video. This kangaroo had sort of um like was trying to hurt this dude's Sorry, this bloke's dog, and he had the dog around the neck. <laughs> well, we call this- him Ruse also, okay? <laughs> Ruse, dollar dues. Uh, and this dude just ran up and just – and kangaroos are pretty fucking muscular, you know? Oh, yeah. And he just ran up and punched this kangaroo right in the face. And the kangaroo was just took a step back like, look at this motherfucker. And the <laughs> – and that little and the kangaroo just he was like, all right, all right, I see you. And just sort of went about his way. And the dude just ran up. I mean, it was hilarious. What's a what's a baby kangaroo called? Joey. There you go. Yeah. I've watched enough to know a little, but probably not enough to know it a lot. No, I'm pretty proud of myself for saying bloke. That's about it. So yeah, the Wolf Creek, back to it. Let me get the uh, info out of the way. 2005 Australian horror film uh, written and directed by Greg McLean. McLean? Starring McLean. McLean? 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 We'll call him MC Lean. I'm probably saying it wrong, but yeah. Starring John Jarrett, Nathan Phillips, Cassandra McGrath, and Kesty Marassi. Um, comes about the entire cast. Yeah, it is. It's a small cast. Movie comes in at ninety nine minutes. Was made on a budget of one point four million Australian and made thirty five million U uh, thirty five million Australian, which according to this comes up to be like twenty seven point seven million U S. 
So the movie was probably made for right around a million U.S. dollars. Pretty good, pretty good profit there. Yeah, pretty good turnaround. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, you know the the new thing now, and it's funny because in two thousand five, I guess this has always been the thing with horror movies. Now you see it so much more of like Greg. I'm gonna say McLean. I don't know, but you're probably right. It's probably McLean. Uh. Of just having a really good idea and a small budget and you get to sort of flex your muscles and making a movie. Yeah. And, you know, you see it now. Uh, Shudder has been so good at, like, sort of shining spotlights on young and upcoming filmmakers. But, yeah, McLean, <laughs> McLean was doing it in 05 and, um, yeah. You know. Right at the jump, I, I'm gonna just throw this out here, it just because it's it's a low budget, but there was like so many companies listed in the opening credits. Did you notice that? Uh, that's usually, I mean that that's how you get funding, you know. Yeah. And one thing I was worried about too when the movie first started, I thought it was gonna have this weird color filter on it because, like, the first shot you see kind of has a color filter. And I kind of thought that that was going to be it. And it, thankfully it wasn't. It wasn't used all the way through. Because my my biggest fear was it was going to end up using like a sepia, CPO. I'm probably fucking butchering that word. Like filter. Just because. <laughs> I think we call it, we call it McLean. It was, uh, well, you know, there was that moment where a lot of movies were using that kind of color filter. Well, they used it for Mexico. Famously. Notoriously, they used that color filter from Mexico, which was started by uh, Soderbergh for Traffic. Traffic was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Uh, phenomenal. Should have won Best Picture that year. Did it win Best Picture in 2000? No, I probably lost out to Gladiator. Okay. Yeah, if, if it came out the same year Gladiator did, then yeah. It Gladiator did lose won. out. Yeah. I actually, and that's a movie I've gone back and rewatched after the first time watching it was Traffic. I've seen it a couple times. I, I enjoyed it. Because it brought Benicio del Toro to everybody's attention, also. Uh, yeah, it was it was right around the time he was popping really big with this and Snatch. But uh, I love Soderbergh. I have not watched a Soderbergh movie that I didn't find like at the very minimum, like pretty damn good. But um, yeah, and so to get it out of the way, I'll tell you with one thing that I was worried about when I. Going into this movie, yeah, uh, because this is 05, and in 2003 or two, uh, let me just double check. Uh, vamp, vamp, 2003. Uh, god damn it, hang on, <laughs> I can't even type. You're like oh, 2002, you're, sorry, you're like vamp, and I had nothing to work off of. Yeah, you're the one I, talking, I'm just yeah, like, I know, I'm not gonna just make something up, yeah, just. Tell them about your day. So I used to wear an onion that was tied around my belt because that was a style back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> there, there we go. go. Check. I, I don't know Check. how it's going to get any other way. Oh, there's this is Australian movie. Oh, yeah. You got to check and see which way the water. Oh, I see you've played Knifey Spoonie before. <laughs> Knifey Spoonie? 
Okay. Um, I forgot about that. Uh, 2002, um, Danny Boyle sort of, I don't want to say like he sort of made, he, he shot 28 Days Later digitally. Yeah. And right around this time period, a lot of people were shooting digitally and they still do. But at this time, digital was so obvious on screen as opposed to film. Now, you know, it, it takes a a master filmmaker like Tarantino to notice it. And what I was worried about was this looking 28 days later is fine. Yeah. But like open water did it. These digital movies. That's what I was worried about. Cause digital, that era of digital, it, it doesn't age as poor as a CGI from that era. Yeah. But it still ages. And they probably did shoot this digitally. Just, I mean, heads up, but you can't tell. Not like open water, which you can. It, was, it says here that it was shot almost exclusively on high definition video. Huh. So. So fuck you, Josh. Yeah, fuck you, Josh. But yeah, um, to preface it, this podcast, this movie was supposed to be, I don't want to say like, their version of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but well, that's the feeling I got watching it. It was sold. I don't even want to say it was sold as, but this takes place in 99 based on uh, a, a certain murder. It says but here I, on Wikipedia is based on two different murders. Yeah. It's based on the real life murders of backpackers by Ivan Milat. Oh, classic uh, Australian name, Ivan. Yeah. Ivan Robert Marco Millat was an Australian serial killer who was convicted in the 1996 backpack murders, commonly known as the backpack murder. Millat captured, assaulted, robbed, and murdered two men and five women in New South Wales between 1989. And it cut off, so I didn't see the other date. And then the other person that had listed was Bradley Murdoch, who... Um, He's an Australian criminal serving life imprisonment for the 2001 murder of English backpacker Peter Falconio. In Aust- well, that's a strong English name, Falconio, in Australia. He'll be 74 when eligible for parole in 2032. So, yeah, it was, a, I guess, like a combination. But still, I mean, it looks they're both murders of backpackers. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, this movie. um, You know what? Might be closer to the actual events than what Chainsaw was then. Oh, well, a thousand percent closer. (laughs) Seeing how (laughs) Texas Chainsaw Massacre didn't even remotely happen. Yeah, it just took elements of uh, Ed Gein. Yeah, using skin and. Somebody but, tried to tell me one time here recently that Texas Chainsaw Massacre was based on real events that happened in Texas, and I had to like, no, nah, now nah, you're you're. I think it was one of my brothers actually. It's like you're wrong on this one. Oh, it's like it's inspired by some you know real events, but they didn't happen in Texas. Nor was it a family. Yeah, know? but that's. 
Yeah, but that's a common misconception. And this movie, is, I mean, it's its selling it. Wolf Creek is selling it like it did happen. Um, I can tell you just like right off the jump, it, the movie did does something I like. We've talked about it before, and I've talked and I've talked about being a fan of it. And that was just the mundane, mm. just everyday stuff. Like you, you're giving these characters some characters, and maybe it's because they, you know, because once you get to the the actual like, killing in the movie, it's not a whole lot. It's not a long time, and maybe that was by design. You know, maybe they're just like you know, we got to fill this movie out some way. I like to think it was by design, though. I, I like to think that the director knew what he was doing when he made like the first 50 something minutes of this movie or 45 minutes or whatever, half of the movie just be about these characters. And I, I like to think that it was, you know, so you could care about the characters, you get to know the characters a little mm. bit. And like, we know that they're like on some kind of vacation and one dude's from Sydney and then the other ladies look like they're from, I'm assuming England, but you, you get to know the characters that, you kind of find out that the guy and the short haired girl are into each other, but they haven't, you know, maybe he's got a girlfriend back in Sydney and things like that. And and it's just them partying and going on their trip. And I know there's going to be people are going to be like, ah, shit was boring to me. It's interesting. And I like the way it built up. It didn't feel tacked off. It felt natural to me. Yeah. It, the the three leads um really you know really good performances it's so funny um cuz this, this sort of did a, a mind fuck with me um when you know i'm watching the movie cuz i'd forgotten um the first 45 minutes i i knew what they did i just you know forgot how they did it and I didn't realize that the two girls, I thought they were Australian the entire time up until when we finally meet Mick Taylor and he says, yeah, you got a couple of, uh, you know, out of country birds or whatnot. I'm like, oh, okay. They're, they're British because up until then, anytime I heard an accent, now me and you, we're, we're from the dirty South. We're considered Yankees elsewhere. Outside the continental United States. So, like, I heard their accent. I'm like, okay, they're Australian. And then once he said they were British, I couldn't hear anything but the British accent. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. And then I looked it up. I mean, they were supposed to be from the UK. Yeah. Looked up the two actresses. They're Australian. So I'm still fucking, I'm like, what? (laughs) <laughs> I was like, "What is going on, man?" Like, it, it just it it threw me for a loop. But yeah, you you know, uh, you, you don't ever find out how we met these two uh, these two Sheilas. Um, but you you get the idea that they have not known each other, but maybe a couple of weeks up until they decided to take this trip. To yeah. Wolf Creek Cater Crater. Um. So, 
they're actually kind of, in a way, getting to know each other within these first 40, 45 minutes that you see. But um, did you catch the slang for crazy, which is barmy? No, I didn't. Yeah. Barmy, crazy, Sheila's are women, or as Daniel likes to call them, dishwashers. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> the only, Check out the only male will ever get to be hate mail for Daniel. <laughs> Check out this. Check out the hose hounds on that dishwasher. Um. Check out the hose hounds on those fun bags. No, check out the fun bags on that hose hound. <laughs> God damn. Classic Dumb and Dumber. Bloke's a guy. There was another one towards the end. Fair Dinkum. I didn't catch that either. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so. Yeah, we. Not only. Was this movie uh, entertaining? It was also educational. Because now when I go to Australia, you have I a know Barmy, Bloke, Sheila, Fair Dinkum. I, I still don't know what Fair Dinkum means. Though. Okay, I was about to ask because like, I got the other ones, but I don't know what a Fair Dinkum is. You fucking got me. But uh, no, it got me thinking like Australia, Sheila. Slang for chicks. Um, in the UK, they call them birds. Are we just slipping on our slang game in the States? Well, I mean, we we took birds and made them chicks. Okay. Chicks. Nah. I like birds and Sheila better. Birds and Sheila. No. <laughs> So we took they, birds and made them chicks. <laughs> that's all I can think of. Yeah, that's good though. Tracks. But they they're they're planning to backpack across Australia. Like they're at the beach right now. Probably they make the beach look exciting and fun. But we know the truth. We know that the motherfucking saltwater crocodiles are out there waiting, along with the box jellyfish, to kill somebody. If Mick hadn't come along, something in this country was going to kill him. Because we know this from documentaries. We know how deadly these seven deadliest things are. Oh, Mick did him a favor. Exactly, he did. I mean. But they decided that they're going to go to this crater, like you said. So Ben, who's the male lead, ends up having to buy a car. And he buys a $1,500 station wagon that he apparently doesn't fucking check to make sure he's run. Well, he says he does. But well, just, it does run. It does but, run. Yeah, it does. That's right. It's sabotaged. It does. Yeah. But dude, they these uh these Sheila's are so excited about this car when he rolls up into it. And all I could think about was when I was younger and going to middle school and elementary school, and if you got dropped off in the station wagon <laughs> and people saw it, they were gonna make fun of you. These yeah. people are excited like it's the coolest fucking thing. And I remember like having my mom park on the other side of the bus so I could sneak out of the vehicle and hopefully nobody see me and just be like, yeah, I just got off this bus. 
Yeah, I Which I was, was embarrassed of yeah. odd because I didn't have any friends. So oh, we didn't have a car. So I had to pretend make sound effects as I walked <laughs> up to school. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Yeah. <laughs> Just make it like it sound like your dad. Get the fuck out, Josh. Yeah, I had to do the voices of my parents too because I had to pretend that they loved me to my other school <laughs> friends. So Yeah, it was a big hole. Like yeah, yeah, it was it was a show I put on for kids. Like my parents love me. No, they don't. I can't remember. Did he did he get the car before or after they had like that one last night? Before. No. Uh I think let's go I think after. Because yeah, they they they're partying with a bunch of like other people staying at a hostel. And no, he got it before. He got it before. Um, because they get the car, then they go because they're staying at a hostel. Have you ever stayed at a hostel? No, I know you have. Yeah. Look, in your twenties, young and dumb and full of cum, stay at a hostel. Fucking never again. Never again. Oh my god! Like public showers. No fucking thank you. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. But um, no, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. I have a shy bladder. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I, I would. I would never be able to pee. I would just die from my bladder exploding in urine, poisoning my <laughs> body because I could never go to the bathroom. Yeah, it's 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 the worst. God, that that sounds horrible to die that way, and you have like pews and out your mouth and nostrils. Yeah, that that's gonna be my horror movie. Shy bladder. People that had the... <laughs> that sounds like some uh, fucking human centipede shit now. Ass to mouth. Have you seen those? I saw the first one. Is it that yeah. bad? It's. I'm sure there's an audience for it. I'm not that audience. It. It's something where you, you're kind of intrigued and you want to see it. But after you see it, then what's the point? I what kind of life are you? If your face, let me ask you this: If your face is sewn to somebody else's ass, even if you get away, you're disfigured for the rest of your life, and then you have to explain to people why your face is fucked up because it was sewn to somebody's asshole, and I ate their shit, and that's how I survived for however many days. I don't know. It just visually, it's just something to see one time, but like there wasn't a need for a whole movie. That could have just been some artwork. You see, I'm fine with just the description. I don't even need to see that. And, and like, they apparently they get fuckers. even worse. Yeah. Like, obviously, you got to up the ante. Ugh. But yeah, they they had the big blowout. And who did he end up in bed with? He ended up in bed with the other one. Which threw Christy. me off. Yeah, which threw me off when they said that um, the other the Liz and Ben were interested in each other. Cause I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't I just see her in the bed with him? But Liz was on the beach with, uh, like a couple and another dude. So, I mean, she got crazy. Yeah. That night. Obviously. I mean, look, <clears throat> I'm telling on myself here, but when they cut to Liz on the beach, passed out, like, obviously my first thought is, 
Oh my god, like waking up hungover with sand everywhere. I can't think of anything worse. And then I like saw like an empty bottle of Cuervo and I'm like, oh, that's worse. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be go I would be running into that ocean to puke and shit my asshole off. Like fucking no. Yeah, the um the first thing I saw when they were on the beach too was the sand. And that, I immediately thought about that. I'm just like, Oh man, that seems like that'd be so horrible. You got fucking sand everywhere. But it's, it's only for me. Cause I, I do like the beach. It's not for everybody. Well, I like the not beach too. Yeah, okay. No, I know it's, if I could, I would probably live by the beach. Yeah. Yeah. I think 98% of the population would. Yeah. But I can't, I can't think of anything worse than being hung over with the irritability of sand. It's just head pounding sand in my ass crack. Ugh. I don't sand to me. Isn't as bad as it's, like, but it's coarse and it gets everywhere. Yeah. But it's easy to wash <laughs> off. And yeah. Fuck you, Anakin. <laughs> Suck it up. You live on a sand planet. I don't like just regular, like like the dirt we have just in our areas, just like regular dirt. Like sand doesn't bother me. Sand is, doesn't fucking discolor you or anything like that. If you get sand on your hands, you can easily wipe it off, right? Just yeah. like that, and it comes off. But you get dirt on your hands and you do that, you're just digging it into your fucking palms, and now the whole yeah. of a sudden your hands have turned different colors. Uh, good luck with that Mississippi red dirt. Yeah, exactly. So, like I said, sand doesn't bother me other than this. You don't want it all up in your hair and shit, though, if you can't just readily get it out, I guess. I don't know. But no, I, I don't know. It kind of makes it, it kind of makes your hair thicker. Well, then I'd need to like dip the top of my head in the sand. <laughs> that's, see, that's where you're doing it wrong. You got to fully dip. I need to then. Oh. Yeah, they they get the car, they're driving in shifts, they're taking turns, and they end up stopping for gas. And this is the one thing where I thought these characters were going to come back into play later, and they didn't. But there was a but the the stop at the gas station does come back into play later on. But you they get in and they first off, how about this gas attendant? Just being creepy as hell. And then I think he's actually was a sweetheart, you know? I know, but he's just like standing there when he just pops up. First off, let me let me just go back 15 seconds. And this is something that I don't know if I'm ever going to experience fully in my life. But how cozy did it kind of look? Just three three buddies going on a road trip and you got the pillows and you got the music. I don't know. That just, I'm like, that would be so lovely. I mean, we've been on road trips and I don't remember. Not like that though. Not like that. You know, know, like we've still driven three hours, four hours together. And I don't remember us being that cozy. No, but that's three, four hours. I'm talking about like going down route 66, you know, it's like a week on the road. I don't know. Maybe I'm just nostalgic for 
things seen. No, that's and, something I'd have liked to. We talked about it before. Obviously, we never did it. We we're just like, no, we're going to talk about something that would be fun to do, but not do it. Because, I mean, you had that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just stay in like cheap ass hotels, or whatever, and just fucking ride the road. Yeah. Of course, I think I was the driving road a Mustang. Is my bride. I think I was driving a Mustang then and wasn't married. Yeah. It would it had been fun to do while I had the Jeep, the the yellow Jeep with the soft top. Because that's easy to oh, just fold back. That, yeah. I mean, you don't think it's possible, but when we were in our early twenties, we rode five deep. <laughs> yep, in a Mustang. Get to a concert, and we were hauling ass. And man, you you talk about the a vehicle's handling changing based on how much weight's in a vehicle. That Mustang became a completely different beast. When you got more than two people in it, it was way different to drive. Uh, I can imagine. Remember. The time we were going, we were going to the state fair, and we had gotten the free tickets to see Foreigner. Oh. It was me, you, Aaron, and my first wife, and her friend. Was she with us too? It may have maybe been, not. but maybe not. But it was us. We were riding. We had the windows down, and I had "Heaven Is a Place on Earth" by Belinda Carlisle going. You've tried to pull that a couple of times. And you're like, yeah, and you're like, look at this. I bet we look like some fucking bitches. Like three (laughs) dudes and one lady riding down the road with the windows down, blasting heaven as a place on earth. So, Uh, yeah. Let it be known, I am a fan of heaven as a place on earth and not like in an ironic way. I just love that song. I I sang it on karaoke last weekend. Did you really? I did. At a karaoke bar, or did you all have like a karaoke? No, we had a karaoke setup? machine. Okay, yeah. Would you sing that at a bar? Shit, yeah. Next just, next, just next time you're in the states, man, we'll we'll have me, yeah. Me, you, and Anna can uh, go out, and I'll sing "Heaven Is a Place on Earth." You know, I still tell people about that Memphis trip and that dude singing It's Not It's the End of the World as We Know It. That got brought up last weekend, too. That was one of the greatest feats uh, I've ever seen a human pull off. So you got to you gotta set the stage now. <clears throat> well, we were we went to Memphis to see Pearl Jam and we made a weekend out of it. And the first night we were there, we're, we're you know, hopping down Bill Street and we get pretty, pretty lit at this point, and we get to like, what's the bar's name? It's a famous. It's famous. It was uh, it was the BB King bar, wasn't? It? No, it's a famous karaoke bar in Memphis. Oh, God, I cannot think of the name, but I'll keep talking if you want to Google it. It was um, okay. I mean, it was over there by that BB King bar, wasn't it? Yeah, but it. it I mean, it was on the same side of the road. I think. That's anyway. how I, that's how I remember the bars in Memphis. Like the Absinthe House was on this side of the road. It was the Absinthe House was on the same side of the road as the last bar that we ended up in. And the Absinthe House was about midway down from where we started. So we ended up 
drinking absinthe and smoking cigars midway down the road. That, that and, was the worst decision of the night, drinking absinthe. And then we went to, um, we got off of Bill Street and we went to the Flying Saucer. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yes. Yes. I remember that bar now. I, we got off of Bill Street because we were trying to find Johnny Walker Blue, Blue. for Sean. For Sean. And he eventually found it, though. He had, yeah, he'd gotten it in his mind that, like, he had to have this. So I've pulled up a couple different bars. I've got, like, in it. I just typed in like famous karaoke bar, Memphis, Bill Street, and it's got Peoples on Bill, Jerry Lee Lewis, Cafe and Honky Tonk, Blues Hall Juke Joint, Tin Roof. Uh, it wasn't Coyote Ugly because we didn't go on that side of Bill Street. I remember that because that was across the road on the same side of the, that dividing road that the FedEx Forum was on. Uh, we did go to Silky O'Sullivan's, but that wasn't it because that was at the front of our trip. That was when we drank the the bucket that just had all the shit the mixed in it and it yeah. gave us like five straws. Yeah. And we drank it like like the straight men we were together. Sure did. I don't know. Okay, don't maybe know okay, that's but anyway, I, it it is a pretty well-known bar on on Bill Street. And we get there and the great thing about this weekend was that we were surrounded with Pearl Jam fans. Except it wasn't a weekend. It was okay. Well, it was Monday, Tuesday because the concert was on a Tuesday. Okay, well, we were surrounded around Pearl Jam fans, and everybody's sort of friendly. You know, it's sort of like a community. Oh yeah, it was fucking great. Yeah, it was so much. Met people from different fun. countries. And- yeah, yeah. Um, and most of the bars stayed open later. Well, one stayed open super late for us. They said they were going to stay open as late as the crowd wanted to be there. And about four yeah. thirty in the morning, they're like, "Hey, we got to close." Yeah, that was. Jesus wept Almighty. That, but anyway, so epic. We're 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 at this karaoke bar, and you know, people are getting up there and singing, and right across, like almost like a direct line of vision, we see this dude passed out, like literally passed out, Le- leaning up against the wall, passed out. Like he's yeah, just fucking his back's against the wall and his head's down, and he's just like dead ass dead. And they call him up, and we're like, "Okay, this is going to be humorous." It's about and, to be a train wreck. Yeah, I mean, we're you know, we're about to witness humiliation on a grand scale, and then it's the end of the world as we know it by REM plays, and this motherfucker kills it. Well, you're before he even kills it though. Like when they call his name, he just like springs up. Like yeah. somebody just hit him with like the, the paddles and shocked him back to life. This dude just, and we'd seen him when he walked up to that wall. Cause he was, he was stumbling yeah. seen him when he went to go request a song. Like this dude was like walking dead, not like a fucking zombie TV show, but like just out on his feet pretty much. And when they called his name, this guy just bolted to life. Like he had just drank some kind of miracle tonic. Yeah. Gets up there. Kills the song. I mean, just just slays it. Had the crowd in it, too. Yeah. I mean, everybody was... I mean, it was like one of those moments. End of the song. Goes back. Passes out. <laughs> yeah. Fucking classic. <laughs> yeah. Just nailed it. Back to passed out. It, 
I mean, if you haven't ever heard that song, then fucking give it a, a listen because then you'll understand why it's so amazing. Yeah, that somebody was able to do it because it's a it's a hard song to do sober. Yeah, with you, yeah, like with the don't blur know words, the words. Like if you don't know that song going in, then you're gonna have a tough time because it's the exact opposite of how I do my karaoke. You know, I get drunk like that guy does, or like he yep. did. I get drunk, but then I choose slow songs that I can keep up with because I know, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do speed metal or something like, I think me, it was me and you when we were at, um, Finian's one of the nights they were doing <laughs> karaoke and I had done some karaoke. I got up there and done some, but this one guy got up there and did, uh, Thunder Kiss 65. Remember? Oh, oh, he was with a girl who I ended up taking on a date later um, in the month. Because, uh, um, because you're a stud. Not, it's okay. No, not. A, I mean, I, I I felt guilty after knowing that because I mean he was giving me dirty looks, and I get it now. I didn't know at the time, but he did Thunder Kiss '65, which is a, just a funny song to do karaoke to. Yeah, you know, Go I like the song. Sixty-five, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Those are Let me times. ask you, is that White Zombie's best song? Um I'd have to listen to that album again because I once thought there was other songs in there that were good. And I don't dislike more human than human. Oh, well, I don't either. I there's, actually kinda like that album. Yeah, there's uh, I want to say there's some other songs on there on that album that I liked. But it could be. Because it's because all the other songs that you may think of are probably Rob Zombie songs and not mm-hmm. White Zombie songs. White Zombies is superior to Rob. Zombie. I I like White Zombie more than I like individual Rob Zombie. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I bet they did some karaoke that night at the uh, fucking hostel in this movie because they were it, just having a good old time. I you know what. I didn't even piece together that it was a hostel, but I, I wrote down in my notes because I started taking notes. Well, the only like, reason I called it a hostel is because you said it was a hostel. Oh, it's a hostel. You could tell by the floor, the thin carpet in the bunk beds. <laughs> you know, and she takes her toothbrush like she's going to a yeah public bathroom. Uh, I just wrote down in my notes, comforting to know that Aussies are just as obnoxious as us Yanks when drinking because they were like... <laughs> I mean, they it's like twenties and rowdy. Yeah, you know it is. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, we were, we were at where we stopped and got gas, and we were talking about that, and we were talking about like the only other characters in this movie outside of the the three leads and and then the antagonist, and then from the first party are here at this gas station, right? I think there's one one guy that shows up later in the movie. Well, there's one guy and then another couple. Um, it's worth pointing out too. Um, uh, Chekhov's video camera. <laughs> Chekhov's video camera. Because yeah. this is because th- it's 2005. Yeah. Well, this is where I said that, like, because you you're kind of led to believe if you go into this movie and you don't know anything about it. You would think that these guys at the table are going to be 
the problem. Because they're making their jokes. You, you can hear them talking. And the guy says something to him. And when he realizes this guy's like nine foot tall, he kind of backs off of it. Yeah, and then when he's in the car, work. somebody he should have did some Tai Chi in his ass. But in the, in the characters at that table, because like even when they walk away, they kind of have that look on their face. And you're like, oh, shit, these are going to. If you didn't know what this movie's about, if you've never seen it, you could be like, these are the guys. These are going to be the people that give them a hard time to try to kill them. Because they're talking about gangbanging these girls. Like, they just, they throw it out there and ask that dude, and like, well, we're just talking about if we could gangbang them girls, and you know, we'd be okay with that. So, you just, it's kind of like a misdirection where you're thinking these are going to be the people, and then it turns out not to be them at all. This is the only time you ever see them. They're just some dickheads in this fucking store being dickheads. Yeah, I think it was a way to show that, okay, even the Australian is in the backwoods. In the, and not the backwoods, the uh, outback. Yeah, it's giving you a it's giving you a division between Ben's character who's from Sydney, mm-hmm. who would be like a city boy, and then you have the people that live out in the country. Yeah. And these would be the Cletuses. The Australian Cletuses. Yeah. Yeah. So they you know, and I think what kind of surprised me rewatching this is they do actually get to their destination. Yeah. You know, like in in most movies, you don't get to your destination. Well, this would be the only time that what's his name had a chance to Mick. I don't know why I said what's his name. This would be the only time that Mick had a chance to mess up their to mess with their vehicle and put it in a state where it wouldn't work. Cause when they get to this Wolf Creek meteor crater site. They say it's three hours there. It's three hours there. There's no camping. So essentially you're looking at like six hours worth of hiking. Mm -hmm. You hike up, you hike back. So you got six hours. So whatever he was going to do to this car to keep it from working, he did then and then was able to get away and then just conveniently show up when he knew. Because he knows that there's no camping. So they have to come back to this car that night. Yeah. So... They get to Wolf Creek, uh, you know, and the two characters finally kiss. And True it's a love. lovely day. Yeah, it was a it lovely is. day. Yeah. And, and Smoke like, some joints, point. drink yeah, some wine. And you've got to see, like Australia at this point, you, you've gotten to see like some landscapes and it's nice. That's one thing that I didn't put in my notes that I thought of. It's like, it's nice to see. Australia being photographed in this way. And you don't, like you said, you don't get to see it a lot, even in popular Australian movies. This is still showing another side of Australia. Yeah. To where parts of it kind of look like Louisiana. You know, with the long piers. Yeah. Over the swampy areas. And it it was nice. Yeah. Now, not going to lie. While I'm watching him get ready to do his hike, I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't think about, man, what if those snakes got him? Because <laughs> I did. Like Mick Taylor turns out to be the protagonist. Yeah. And he saves him. Yeah. His name is Mick, by the way. Just want to point that out. Crocodile Dundee is Mick Dundee. Mick Taylor, Mick Dundee. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they... 
I like you said the two the two two of the leads finally get together. They kiss, you know, like oh man, you know, which kind of serves too because in horror movies we've been conditioned for the most part for like what seventy five percent eighty percent of the time that if somebody survives, it's a female and it's a female lead, and so now we've positioned potentially Liz as being the survivor. Well, yes and no. Well, at, at this point, because I think it changes. On well, because I have a thought about um about the other female character. Um, oh my God, what's her name? Christy. Christy. Well, well, no. Well, at this point, even if you're you're looking at the tropes and the rules, all three of them are promiscuous. Yeah. So, but at this point, I'm throwing that out, and at this point, I'm just looking at like, how's the movie being filmed? Who's it like, kind of focusing on? Mm-hmm. And then, who has the most to lose at this point? And now it's Liz because she's expressed interest in this guy. So if he dies, then she's the surviving heroine, like, girlfriend, heroine. Yes. Yeah, that's fair, Dinkum. <laughs> yeah, we'll assume that that's a. Uh, a cromulent way to use that word. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm it's, just it's, going to sneak cromulent into every episode from now on. Well, I I, I might want to use fair dinkum. So there we go. Uh, so they get back to the car after a nice day of you know hiking, and it turns out like it hadn't. From what I read in the trivia, it hadn't rained in this area of Australia in so long that it actually rained the day they were filming, which kind of plays, you know, it, it kind of makes it more om, om, omni, om, uh, omnipotent. <laughs> oh, no, my God. Ominous. Omnipotence. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I am. You need to embiggen your vocabulary. <laughs> hey, that's not fair, Dinkum. You know I went to Carthage High, Mississippi Public Education. So, and they're sitting there and, you know, they're going to camp out and, you know, just wait till till daylight to sort of come up with anything. And that's And this is when... John Jarrett, who plays Mick Taylor, shows up and, um, uh, you know, the movie's already, you know, it's, 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 it's going at a pace and you enjoy these characters and these actors are doing a good job. But this, this is when movie, John Jarrett shows up and this steals movie the could show. be what it was without the horror aspect and I'd still have enjoyed it. It could have just been them on this road trip and then them two finally getting together at the end or whatever. And I'd have been like, okay, cool. I, I will agree, but with an asterisk, uh, better soundtrack. You need a better soundtrack. If you're going to do that type of movie. Oh, well, I was just mainly talking about like, well, once again, going back to the mundane. No, I have no problem with you going on a road trip and two people falling in love, but I'm going to have to have some Bob Dylan or, you know, some good Australian singer songwriter rock music thrown in yeah. there for me to fully invest in it. But but John Jarrett shows up, steals the show. 
Oh yeah, yeah. His wow. That's that's what I'll say. Yeah, his performance was like wow. Yeah. Um. Again, uh, I like to bring him up every time I get a chance. Uh, this is who Quentin Tarantino thought is one of the best Australian actors working today. I don't I see know. One. I don't know of anything else I've seen him in. I mean, I looked at like his uh, filmography, and it's not stuff I've seen. But the the performance he pulls off of here, like you believe, like this is you believe this performance. Watch, yeah. it and listening to him and the way he interacts with the characters and the way he talks and everything, everything is just like on point. And the, his looks, yeah. I mean, obviously they're not meant to be subtle, but you could see this outback. Uh, fucking character giving you these looks and then you know you're in trouble. Like when <clears throat> when they're back at the camp at the campfire before all shit goes to hell and Ben is sort of making that crocodile dundee joke. Which is funny, an Australian making a crocodile dundee joke. I don't know how often that happens. And Mick gives him this look. Yeah. As like fuck. I mean he wasn't going to let you live anyway, but, like, it was scary. Yeah. And to the point where they try, they tell him, too, he's like, hey, you know, do you see the way he's looking at you when you made that joke? Mm-hmm. And you kind of get, maybe it's like the arrogant city boy looking down on somebody from the country. Like, oh, he doesn't care. Or essentially, almost like that. He's not smart enough to care or to know that I'm. Yeah. Doing this and and you're wrong. He is because you can see him staring fucking daggers into your heart. And both movies that we've covered so far, I don't know when these will be released, but which I don't think Ben meant anything by that. You know, probably, probably not. Whereas Deliverance, they were talking down. Oh yeah, to the hillbillies. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, and you know, I always like to. You know, when you're when you're watching horror movies, um, you like to not you, but I, I personally like to play the what if game. And it's like, what if you just told Mick, nah, we're good. We'll we'll take our chances with because they were already apprehensive. Um, what if you'd have taken your chances? And it's like, nah, who'd probably still came back and killed them? I mean, that's I think- just. Yeah, I think so too. Him. Yeah. Cause he shows later on he has no problem killing I mean, he kills the driver. He kills people. Yeah, that shows up and like he yeah. essentially snipes him. Oh yeah. So I would I would think he would show back up. One thing about cause when they go back to is when he they finally agreed to like let him tell him or whatever, and it takes a while to get there, but I don't think that it's necessarily that it was like so far away as much as He's pulling a car with a chain that you can't go super fast, that type of towing they're doing. No. Because the guy behind you has to have time to stop because he has yeah. to control the brake on that trip. So it's still like driving two cars. But they get they get to his place and, you know, it's like an abandoned site. And he's mining. Got the, mining, yeah. And he's got all this shit there. And that's when he – um he offers him the water, some rainwater from the top of the 
Straight from the top. Yeah, straight from the top or top shelf or some shit. I can't even remember what I said. Now. Straight from the top. Straight from the top. But yeah, they they get there and when he he drugs them with this water and they pass out and we wake up with the first character. And once again, we're wake, we're waking up with Liz, who at this point has been kind of positioned as the final girl. She's bound. She's got the zip ties. Which is the first time I've seen zip ties used in a movie. But bound with zip ties and is gagged. She gets free. And she finds her friend. She's she's on her way out. And then she hears her scream and she goes back. And this is, I don't know, maybe one thing I could have done without in the movie would have been like the sexual assault. I don't know. You don't see it, but it's implied. You know, because he's he tells her he's like you know I always fuck you cunts with rubbers, mm-hmm. and that you know that one I, you could take it or leave it. It could have just been him killing people, and I'd have been fine with it. I don't know that the the implied sexual assault adds anything to the movie for me. No, it adds a grossness to him. That yeah, um, well, I guess so. Yeah, if you were taken in by his performance and you were kind of rooting for him, this will pull you out of it and give you reason to despise them. Well, you know, I didn't, and I'm not saying it is, but they're, you know, rape revenge movies were big in the seventies. Yeah. Know? And, you know, there's a place in cinema for them. And so I, I mean, I didn't, I mean, I prefer it being implied to Sean. Yeah. And yeah. we don't, we don't see Ben at all right now. Ben's just, he's like out of the movie at this point. Yeah, we know he's no. somewhere, but we don't yeah. know where he's at. They, they don't even cut back to him, do they? I don't Not think until they do. the end. Yeah. Um, so, and, and another thing that this movie does really well that um, you could find, and we talked about it with Nightmare on Elm Street, um, Liz is resourceful without being, like, too much. Yeah. To where it pulls you out of the movie, to where it, I mean... Um, she's not doing backflips and shit. She's cutting no. her re- restraints with a piece of glass that she found on the ground. Or like Nancy Thompson setting up a goddamn sledgehammer above a door that had to be <laughs> hit perfectly at a certain time to hit Freddy Krueger right in the dick. You know, this is just, she sets a car on fire. Uh, and that's, you know, she's doing things that are very believable and she gets mixed attention he goes and investigates the car because she wakes up. Because, you know, and I and I had to think about this. How long do you think they were drugged? It had to have been for like 12 hours. Long time because he took that car apart. Oh, yeah. Because I think he said he makes mention yeah. of spending four hours on it. Yeah. And not to mention what he's been doing with Christy. Yeah. So I think they've been drugged for quite a while. And so... Liz sees Christy tied up in this, uh, like a mechanic shop without a car. You know, she's in the middle of the room. And John Jarrett's performance here, I mean, he's just taunting her, taunting her. You know, she's screaming for help. And Liz sets the car on fire. She gets Mick outside. And, you know, just with these subtle looks, you could tell that he's, this is odd. You know, yeah. He doesn't immediately go check on Liz, but she gets in there. She's trying to cut her loose. He comes back in. She hides. 
and um, she gets the gun because he's got a a few guns. We find yeah. out she gets the gun with the uh, the sight on it. But he, and this is this is which we gotta assume is a three hundred three, right? Because that's what he was shooting the ruse with. Oh, is that what he said? Yeah. Okay. He, when he talks about when he was talking about shooting when he when they had that little talk around the campfire, and he talks about things he's did in the past, and he was talking about shooting the kangaroos and stuff. He said it was a three hundred three. Okay, and you love guns, but yeah, I, man, I, so much. I know so much gun about. Nut. Yeah, big gun nut. Where were you January sixth? Uh, I mean, if I were if you I told you, I'd have to kill you. Okay. No, no but it I, is funny. That, I could probably barely operate a firearm. No, I know. I know I couldn't. But it is funny. Like uh, I do like the aspect of he. He was telling you know our uh, protagonist that he was shooting so many kangaroos that he had worn out the bolt three like times, three times in one year. Yeah. That's that's a lot of fucking shooting. A lot of ruse. A lot of ruse. A lot of Joey's without their mama. But yeah, he she shoots him in the neck with that gun. She does. And here's the and here's this movie does have a couple of movie tropes that one I'm just it's sort of of its time, maybe not even of its time. It's just a movie trope we'll eventually get to that. I do a little sigh and a little eye roll, but I don't judge the movie on it. But the big one is that he is taunting Christy with this big, that's not a knife. This is a knife. Knife. So she shoots him in the neck and, you know, he's taunting her like you ain't going to shoot. You know, he's telling her I ain't got no bullets in there. Shoots him in the neck. He goes down. She tries to shoot him again. It won't shoot. I get that. Like, that probably happened to me. Yeah. There is a butt of the gun that I would use on this motherfucker's skull. But there's also the big knife. And I'm sure there's fucking other things in that shop, too. Yeah, that you could fucking bash his head in. Yeah. Till you see brain matter. Don't stop till you see brain matter. Yeah. And they don't do that. And it's like, he had a big knife on him. I don't know. Could have cut, cut his throat. Could have done something. Could have cut his throat. Just could stabbed he, him if he seven felt, times in the neck. If you felt weird about killing somebody, you could have just cut his Achilles tendons. Yeah. He wouldn't have been chasing yeah. you then. Yeah. But yeah, there's things they could have done. That they they could have survived if they had done them. Yeah. yeah. But instead, they get into his vehicle and drive off. And almost drive off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> I would have driven off. I'm gonna tell you, my eyesight's so bad, we would have died. Yeah, right my there. nighttime vision isn't great, so we'd have probably went off too. We'd yeah. have been like Thelma and Louise. <laughs> I'd have been like, this fucking asshole, Mick Taylor, took out my contacts. <laughs> How did he know I was wearing contacts? <laughs> my eyes are burning. He did it with dirty hands. What a fucking <laughs> asshole. But instead of going over the cliff, though. And once again, you're seeing, like you said, Liz is being smart here. And she's mm-hmm. like, let's push the car over. He'll see the headlights go over. When they hide, I, that one kind of took me out of it a little bit because he was right there at the edge and looking down. And it's like. Yeah, but the camera does show in the movie's defense what he's seeing. And it is like a cliff. 
I know, but then he even goes to like the side of him because he's walking down. And yeah. I don't know. It, I feel like if it had been me, I'd have been seen. Well, I would have coughed. <laughs> oh, yeah, he even like the rock falls and he just kind of whatever. But, you know, and here's since you brought it up and you're talking about, you know, things they could have done or should have done. Because I thought about this when I was watching it. Because why didn't they just push his car off too? They tried. Did they? Yeah. They tried to drive it. it. But yeah, but if it's a standard, couldn't they just put it in neutral? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I thought that, I thought that's what they're in. T- uh, I don't know. I mean, if it was the standard, yeah, they could have just put it in neutral. And- Cause at this point, cause they're going back to his place. Yeah. Which means at any point he decides that he's had enough of this journey looking for this shit, looking for them, and he gets back in the vehicle, he's going to get there before them. But if that's he, not the if, case. If he stops early. Well, he mm-hmm. may have. We don't know that for certain because he ends up in that car when she tries to leave. That's true because you never really know the location because they get to like this little fence and you're not really given a, a, a great layout of your surroundings in this movie, which is on purpose, but they get by a fence. And in my mind, it's like, Oh, that's an entrance to the compound. Yeah. And they could see if he comes in, but again, you don't know. But if you had to push his car off, like if you had to put it in neutral and pushed it off, I mean, yeah, he's going to know at that point where you're at, but he has to come back up that hill and you have a head start. Yeah. Whereas now, because we don't know where they are in relation, like he could get in that vehicle and he could take a wide path to it, and they would never see him. Yeah, it'd have to be a pretty wide path. I'm just just thinking out loud on things. I, I was just like I said, that just crossed my mind. Like, why didn't they push that vehicle off and you know search it for a gun or something like that? You know, other things. Yeah, because you because you know, like the guy's there, and you. You got to be thinking of a way to get away, in or a way to incapacitate him. Well, they passed that up. Yeah, they well, they that up. Oh, they did, and then they they go right back to where they came from. Well, Liz goes back. She leaves Christy. She tells Christy, like, "Hey, if you know, I don't come back. You know, you start walking towards the road without me." And Liz goes back, and you're kind of thinking, "Well, maybe she's going to find Ben." You know, and then. Ben will die because that's what happens in horror movies. Ben's a dude, so mm-hmm. he's going to die. But instead, and, and Christy's been, at this point, ineffective. She's done nothing but cry. And that's really all she does the entirety of the movie is just cry. But then we get to this, where we're at the vehicle, and you know, Liz has found another car, and she's going to try to leave. And I don't know how the fuck he knew which vehicle to be in. Well, first off, we're going to get to my other movie trope. Oh, okay. Cool. Because uh, I, I, I'm curious as to what it is. Yeah. And uh, this is a movie trope that you'll see a lot in these type of movies. And it's a little of an old song at this point. But she gets, she's looking for keys or some way to escape. And she gets into the room where all of his victims' belongings are. Oh yeah, and 
That's when you see the newspaper clippings. That movie trope is like I can't. Molly the killer keep newspaper clippings. Yes. Oh, well, you know, she did something else. I, well, we forgot uh, to mention before she got to the car. She went into the area where all the bodies were. Yeah, she fell in it. Yeah. Which is another movie trope. Which, you know, if you're keeping all these decomposing bodies there, like that place had to be pretty foul. Like you would have smelled yeah. it outside. Yeah. So that one in, in the newspaper clippings is like, why well, keep clippings? Because if somebody just randomly shows up and sees this. Then especially if they just get in there and they fucking smell the place, they're going to put two and two together. I mean, it, it's going to smell like John Wayne Gacy's fucking cellar. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, the, I, I can see that. Yeah, those two things. But that's when she, she gets and she sees – because obviously uh, Mick is like a trophy hunter. He keeps everything. So she pulls up one camcorder, and it's this an Australian family. Yeah. Who, same thing. I mean, the movie shows you. He even says the same goddamn thing because they're filming rainwater straight from the top. And that's where you know you've been, you know, drugged. I mean, same thing, Wolf Creek. And I didn't see a creek. I didn't either. Huh. Lion sons of bitches. One star. One star. Losing a lot of stars for this. Yeah. But then she gets to Ben's video camera and Ben at the gas station, he's filming himself as Captain Kirk. That's when you meet the, the gas station who's a sweetheart. He just doesn't know how to interact with people because he lives in the fucking bush. <laughs> and then you see Mick's truck. Or because all his customers are fucking assholes. His regulars. <laughs> you know, well, you know, this gas station takes the, Blunt of the brunt of the jokes between the you know, the yeah. alkies, yeah. But she pauses it, and that's when you see Mick's truck. He had he was hunting them once he realized what they were doing, and then she's she finally gets in the car. And the best shot of the movie, hands down, best shot. She's trying out all the keys, finally, one works, turns the car over, turns on the headlights. Bam, you see him in the back seat. Great. And then he stabs her. Yeah, he stabs her and she falls out. And then he tells her that he's going to sever her spine. Well, before that, he she holds up her hands and he she, he cuts her fingers off. And I'm like, oh, yeah, God, I forgot about that. Yeah, he oof. cut like three of the four fingers off, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was a scene. And I remember kind yeah. of cringing like, oh. And then he tells her he's going to paralyze her because he, he wants information from her because he needs to know where the other girl's at. He said this is what the, they used to do stick. in the Vietnam War. Head yep. on a stick. Picks her up. Severs her spinal cord. And, you know. And there goes your supposed final girl. Yeah. I mean. And now you're left with Christy, who at this point has been entirely ineffective. Cause we because we still haven't seen Ben. No, but she's she's also got a reason to be entirely ineffective. Yeah, she's traumatized. She is, and she does. And this is this is where you really feel like the Texas Chainsaw vibes when she's getting away, and she goes out onto the road, and the driver, the passerby, except 
unlike Chainsaw, where you know she finally gets in the back of a vehicle and gets away, this dude shows up to help her. And, and sweet old man, unlike the rest of the people that you've seen in the in the bush or the outback so far, with the exception of the attendant, they've all been dicks. He helps her. And he's like, well, here, let me get you in the back seat. Let me get you a blanket. I mean, for some reason, I'm just like, this man keeps like an emergency kit on hand. He's got a blanket and shit and water. Well, I'm, I'm assuming everybody out in the outback has to have a bug out bag. Yeah, Because so. if you get stranded out there, you be, you better have something. Or the if man puts attacked, up a, attacked by a, by a snake. Or a, a, a box jellyfish that can be on land. <laughs> it's just got legs. The next thing, you know. Just strolling through the fucking outback. But the sweet old man. You know, I call that's going to be my movie. Oh, box jellyfish on land. Yeah, you well, got Sharknado. Now that you got makes jellyfish sense. with legs. Because I worry about uh, water spiders all the time. So what were you saying? That I wasn't going to talk until you did something. The old man, he put his, uh, was it his thermos? Yeah, his thermos of his morning coffee. Puts that up on the top of the vehicle, and he's sitting there getting his shit ready, and then he sees the bullet hole come through. All right, I'm ready. Uh, let me ask you. Did he miss, or was that on purpose? I mean, I feel like it was on purpose. Yeah, it had to have been on Just purpose. Just to kind of get him to, because when he did it, doesn't he kind of stop and look and kind of yeah, keeps, keeps his head in place so he can land the shot? Well, I also think he likes fucking with people. Yeah, that too. Yeah. I just thought it would be more so to like kind of keep him still for a second because if you're trying to land a headshot. I think I mean, it's both of them. I think it's like fucking with people and because he, I think he's a crack shot. Well, yeah. Well, he was shooting yeah. a ruse. Yeah. And they're not just hanging around at the water cooler. Or maybe they are. No, they're not. I don't know what the ruse do. Well, I don't think they're drinking rainfall from the top. Straight from the top. Yeah. Well, they probably just catch it right like right in the sky. Ew, there's don't. some tongue ASMR for you. Oh, God. That's, that's about as bad as mayonnaise in a coffee. Right <laughs> Ew. I don't even drink coffee. and That sounds horrible. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, maybe we'll circle back to that at the end of the sode, but fucking shit. But yeah. But yeah. He, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and then he kills people, shoots him straight in the eye, like yeah. fucking like a boss. And so. And at this point, there's only like 15, 18 minutes left, 15 minutes. There's not much time left in this movie. There's about 12 minutes left. Yeah. So if if our new supposed final girl final is going to make a play, Jeez. it's got to happen pretty quick. Pinch poop. Buy me a coat. Yeah. Except it doesn't. It doesn't. We have a little bit of a, a death proof. I don't know. When's the last time you've seen that? Um, I actually have never seen it. So I got it. Well, no, I, I no, no, no. I meant to watch it. And you know why I didn't watch it? Don't watch it. You know why I didn't watch it? Because you told me it wasn't Kurt that Russell. good. No, you told no. me it wasn't that good. You did. That was you like, that was when I saw it in the theater. I saw Death Proof and I saw Planet Terror 
And let me tell you, Planet Terror's the movie, Death Proof wasn't that good. I'm like, oh. Yeah, and I revisited and I, Death Proof, and I watched it. And I was like, once a year. now I'm just kind of, and I was disappointed when I heard that, because Death Proof was the one I was more interested in. And you and value my broke, opinion. And it That's, broke my heart when I heard you say that. You value my opinion. That's, I do. On, you know, sometimes I do. And yeah, you were you were the reason I haven't watched the movie yet. Yeah, that's fair, Dinkum. Watch it; it's good. <laughs> and yeah, so we so we get this little death proof moment before death proof, mind you. Death proof was 07. And oh, you know what? I want to add a little bit more to that. I'm sorry. Another reason I didn't watch Death Proof is when you told me that you liked Planet Terror better. I watched Planet Terror and just wasn't thrilled with it. And I'm like, well, if Death Proof isn't as good as this. No, no. I don't know how you can watch a movie wrong, but you managed to do that with Planet Terror. It was okay. I mean, it was it was a fun little thing, but I yeah. But anyways, go ahead. I don't know. Planet Terror was fun. Yeah, and they and they have this little showdown in the car, and you know she knocks him off the road, and there's a albeit a brief sense of hope for her. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he gets out and shoots the tire. It crashes. I thought he was about to shoot her in the head, to be honest with you, after he shot I did uh, too. the, the old dude. But no, he shoots the tire out and the car goes off the road and flips. Yeah. And then she gets and, out crawling. Yeah. She's fucked up. And he, you know, and I think it's her that's on the, uh, the original poster. Yeah, it's her. It's it's that scene where she's stopping the car right before she stops the car with the old man. Yeah, because you see it. You see that shot where she's like on her knees in the middle of the road, mm-hmm. and then she gets the car stopped. He gets killed. The tire she, gets shot out. Flips. And she she's reminded me of away. Amy Adams, this actress. A little I can bit. See that. Yeah, she had an Amy Adams type of. Uh, look to her and she gets out and he shoots her in the back and then he sets the car, the car and I'm assuming people on fire with people in it. No, yeah. He he puts her in the trunk. Which with people. Seems stupid because at the end of the movie they talk about they couldn't find any trace of We'll them. get to that. We'll get to that. That's that's okay. my big biggest qualm with the movie. Okay. So yeah, then we after that happens though, we finally get Back to Ben, who's up on the cross, so to speak. He's got nails oh. in his wrist. It should um, be on the. He's bound wrist, and he he's got these these nails in his wrist. I guess um, I don't know. Maybe Mick has a fascination with the crucifixion, but he ends up pulling his mm. wrist through the nail instead of pulling the nails out. He pulls his wrist through the nails, yeah. coming away from the cross. Which was a pretty, like, ooh, clench your butt scene. scene. Yeah. And and as he's doing this, he sees, like, another dude who had been positioned the same way, uh, like a rotting corpse. And right in front of Ben is, like, these this pack of hungry dogs, literally, in a cage. Yeah. That he could tell what his future was. Uh, and so he, he pulls himself, and he gets himself out. And yeah, this is pretty much we're at the end. He 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 gets he passes out on the side of the road and these two German tourists, uh this German uh couple find him. 
And yeah, Ben gets away. It defies. Yeah, it defies all the, all the uh, movie tropes. Because yeah. like, there's no final showdown. Nope. You don't see Mick again. Yeah. Well, you do. But it's at the very you, end when he's walking into the sunset. Yeah. But you don't see him again as in any kind of like major interaction. And it just ends. And you get some, you get some um, text scroll to tell you what happened. Yeah, and this is my biggest problem with the movie. Excuse me. Yeah, it's my big my, my biggest problem is not the text scroll; it's what is contained in the text. Yeah, how he's being he was held for the death of these for like four months, or the disappearance of these two girls for four months. Yeah, even though when he is found, it is shown that he has been. Strung up with his wrist. He's got holes he's been, in his wrist. He's got holes in his wrist. And how do you not, how do the authorities not find any trace? Because I'm assuming Ben's like maybe the only person to escape the clutches of Mick Taylor. You'd have to think so. Ben tells you what happened. How, how do you not take a, because this place has got to be around a radius of Wolf Creek. Well, and it's even if it's not though, it's still off of a major road, and uh, I say a major road, but off of a paved road, not like a dirt road, not like some back road. This is a road yeah. that this uh, couple was driving down. That couple should at least be able to take you back to that fucking road. How do you and not take a helicopter from, around there? Yeah, and from that point, because Ben didn't walk that far, Ben was fucked up, and Ben was dehydrated, and Ben passed out. So. I'm with you on that one. How do you not find it? Well, then go into that car. If he burned that car up, did he tow that car after it was burned? Because that seems like that'd be a pain in the ass. Well, and his tow he, truck is done for. Yeah. And if you burn that car with the bodies inside, there's going to be skeletons. Yeah. Because we've seen that in the Burbs. We know. Yeah. And the Burbs Tom Hanks is, movie showed us, and we know that it's the truth. Yeah, well, Joe, Joe Dante also showed us. Yeah. But you, you feel like it, like the fire has to get real. Because when they cremate something, they're they're doing it like in a furnace, right? When you cremate somebody, and it has to get really, really hot. I'm assuming. I don't know. I've never cremated anybody. I've I don't know anything about like the the uh, mortuary arts or whatever you want to call them. But I'm All assuming no. It's got to get really hot. Jet beam, <laughs> jet fuel can't melt steel beams. That's all I know. So you'd wonder if the the fire that burns up this car would get hot enough to turn to bone ash. Maybe it does. I don't know. But even well, then, a burned up car on the side of the road would be a sign of something happening. Yeah. Well, all I know is Ben tells you a story and you're like, well, there's these two girls missing, but you have. I bet you it doesn't this, melt teeth. No, probably not. But you have these two meticulously placed holes in his wrist. He's dehydrated. Yeah. And if you, he tells you the story, then you take a helicopter out there and you circle wolf, this Wolf Creek area because it can't be that far. Maybe, yeah. and, and, if Ben's, and if Ben can remember, hey, look for a fucking old mining town. That should narrow it down even further. Like, I don't like the tact on because this movie's it sells itself as being real, but it's not. I don't like that tacked on how he was hailed because it makes 
it, it kind of lets the air out of the balloon a little you bit. You could have just me. had him get away. Yeah. Yeah. Because you I already mean, don't have a final confrontation anyways, so why add something on there that doesn't really make a lot of sense? No. Just have that <laughs> Mick Taylor gets a hero shot at the end to where yeah. he's walking in the sunset. Yeah. I mean, that's all you needed to establish that Mick got away and nothing happened. And maybe they put it on there because they're going to be like, well, he got away, so surely somebody went out there to look for Mick. Like, you could have went out there and, like, had found it and Mick abandoned it and just left. Because he knew yeah. that like his time there was up and he had to go somewhere else in Australia. It's a big country, right? He made a point saying that he was a a, a rambling man anyway earlier yeah. during their dialogue. Exactly. So, I mean, I get what you're saying and I agree with that, yeah. But I uh I thought it was a you know, it was a good not great movie. I had fun with it. Like I said, the first half of the movie with all the mundane stuff doesn't bother me. I like that. Like I said, it establishes the characters. It gives you a reason to like the characters, to root for the characters. You know, a lot of movies don't do that or they try to do it like in a little 15 minute block. And then it's like an hour and 20 minutes of people getting killed. And this movie goes the opposite direction, gives you like 45 minutes of character development or, or not even necessarily development, but just like character interaction. So you can feel for the characters. You can be like, Oh yeah, these are just, these are some young people are just, you know, trying to enjoy a vacation and have a good time. And, and then you you get that interaction with Mick before, you know, he starts killing people and, you know, and the, the actor and what'd you say the name was? John Jarrett. John Jarrett. Double J. John Double Jarrett. J. Double J. John Jarrett does a fantastic fucking job as this character. You know, he's just the way he plays, like even like the little laugh. That's what I noticed a lot too was his laugh. You know, it was good. He did a bang up job there for me. I would give it um, three stars. Yeah, I think. And if and for our MVP, let me go ahead and throw that in there real quick. That's going to be John Jarrett. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, spoiler alert. He's my MVP too. Um, he steals the show because there is a when he when he has to be a friendly bloke. He's engaging. There, there is something about him when because uh, the the you know the three. Our three protagonists, they're talking. They're like, well, you know, that he's going to want money. It's like, Ben, go talk to him. See what he's going to charge us. See if he can take us into town. And they goes up. Ben goes up to him and makes putting his stuff back in the truck. And he's like, well, you're going north and I'm going south. And he does his little hands this way. You know, I, I, oh, wait, this is a audio podcast. I'm yeah. Sorry. Uh, Josh is waving his hands around like a madman. Yeah. <laughs> a madman. And yeah, he's just, you know, it, it, yeah, I hate to say it, but he kind of is lovable in those scenes, but he's supposed mm-hmm. to be. Yeah, I, you know, I've actually, actually heard before I give my rating, I actually heard the sequel is not so bad. That's what, when I was doing my little bit of research on it I read and it's got like similar reviews as far as like overall and so it'd be worth checking out yeah definitely and actually um, but I've actually seen a, uh, another one of uh, Greg McLean's movies um, called Rogue which I have a soft spot for nature versus 
uh, human movies. And this is about like a crocodile movie in Australia. It was released. This is his follow-up to Wolf Creek. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it. He also did the Belco experiment, which I heard was okay. Pretty good. Yeah, I saw that one. I haven't seen it, but I saw that he did that. Yeah, and another one with Jungle, called Jungle with Daniel Radcliffe, which Daniel Radcliffe is just, he's an interesting actor who, I, you know, I want to check out his stuff. He's really done well for himself after post-Harry Potter. But yeah, I'm going to give this movie three and a half. Uh, and it honestly, you know, it could easily be a four-star movie because I think it, you know, you judge a movie by what it's trying to accomplish. And it did accomplish everything. A couple of things that tacked on scroll, not even a scroll text. It maybe, maybe I'm being too hard on it, but it, it felt really unnecessary. Like yeah. Really unnecessary. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the deaths in it were, were brutal without being too Over gratuitous. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, that, I, I agree with that too. And, and it's effective. Like eventually you'll get that. You know, and I don't, I haven't seen Wolf Creek too. And I also read they were making a part three, but you, the thing with sequels is, is the deaths always have to become, end up being more right. Cause they talk about even like in scream Two, the deaths got to be more elaborate or more gruesome or whatever. So if you keep making these movies at some point, they're going to, get to that point where they're over the top just out of necessity because well sequels most sequels abide by the law of uh, diminishing returns yeah and once you become spectacle death it takes away did you Whatever know that was special with the first? Go ahead. Yeah, definitely. Did you know that there's also a TV show for Wolf Creek? Yes, I did. I I saw that on uh, the Internet Movie Database. Yeah, yeah. There's like two seasons of it. Yeah, and so I'm, I might check that out too. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how the TV show would take on this because. 45 minutes of introducing characters. Yeah. That would have to be a season. <laughs> right. Well, I think it's a, I think it's a web show, so I'm not sure how long each episode is. Hell, it could be oh, like okay. 15 minutes. Yeah. But I mean, it has John Jared in there as Mick. Yeah. So, I mean, the people that are involved with it are the people that are involved with the movies, which is good. But yeah, it would just, you'd have to see how long it is. And if they're, if they're long episodes, then yeah, you're going to be like, hmm, I wonder how this is going to work. But it if they're a little what short, you wished for. yeah, it could be. <laughs> what is, so speaking of what we wished for, what's our last movie in this block? Yeah, this is the reason why we're whole, doing this whole goddamn, this whole block should be, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, block or, uh, we're doing Whiskey Mountain, uh, a cheap movie from the seventies that, uh, Quentin Tarantino, uh, uh, he didn't rave about it, but he, he sang its praises. And um, the fanboy I am, it, it I want to watch it. And, I, and I've purposely not seen it yet because I knew we were eventually going to cover it. You know, here's what I secretly hope happens now. 
because we've been wrong about every movie. Because I hope, because we're thinking Hillbilly Revenge, I hope it's just about some fucking al- or, or alcohol runners. Uh, actually, I do, it's it's about uh, Hillbilly uh, weed growers, I think. Ah. Uh, I hope it's just, I, I hope the whole movie is just them making deliveries. And just so we can be wrong again. Oh, God. That would be kind of beautiful, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just seeing them on their moon, moon, mundane route delivering. Yeah. Just giving out their bags of pot. Like, here you go. Here's Monday shipment. Delivering ounces to like <laughs> Mama Cletus. Yeah. Who's got cancer and can't afford treatments. So she, got to she has to smoke. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, hey, that was um, Wolf Creek, man. I'm glad we watched it. Um, we've uh, we've been, as far as like watching good movies, we're two for two. Yeah, pretty pretty strong so far. Yeah, we got a chance. We got a chance to bat a thousand. We do. Fingers crossed. So we'll see. But other than that, man, we uh, we appreciate everybody watching. Or not watching, listening, man. I'm this an is idiot. audio. Yeah, it is audio. I was looking at you, but yeah, we th- everybody, man. We appreciate y'all listening to this podcast, and we hope you continue to do so. Um, but until next time, we'll see you later. Peace.